Hey, thanks for stopping by the Indiana Bible College Chapel podcast. If you're a pastor, we invite you to join us in training apostolic leadership for apostolic revival. Visit www.go2ibc.com forward slash MSA for more information or to book a trip. Opportunity number two is for all of the students who still may be wondering if it's for them to attend Indiana Bible College. It's not too late to apply. That application deadline is coming up quick, July 15, 2017. So what you can do is actually visit www.go2ibc.com and click the more information bar. It's a yellow bar at the top of the homepage there. And you can find out what it would take for you to become a student and be a part of Indiana Bible College. All the opportunities that we've talked about today and the opportunity to hear chapel services like this. This week on the Indiana Bible College Chapel Podcast, we have Sister Maranatha Gannon preaching a message entitled, Living Waters and Broken Cisterns. Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for this beautiful day, for this facility and the vision that is here. We thank you, Jesus, for these students that have a beautiful calling of God on their lives. I pray that you would just speak through me today and that you would guide our words, that you would open up our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, so I'm going to take my text today from Jeremiah chapter 2. We're going to start in verse 9 and then skip down to 11 and 13. Um, So I was reading this. Uh, several months ago, and it was in my uh, devotions, and I read through this passage, and it was it just lit up. And so um, I'm going to start in verse 9 of Jeremiah chapter 2, and it says, Wherefore, I will yet plead with you, saith the Lord, and with your children's children will I plead. Skipping down to verse uh, 11. Hath the nation changed their gods, which are yet no gods, but my people have changed their glory, For that which doth not profit. Be astonished, O ye heavens, at this, and be horribly afraid. Be very desolate, saith the Lord. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewed them out cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. So, today I would like to share a few thoughts regarding living waters and broken cisterns. So as a visual learner, I thought it would be helpful to utilize some pictures today. Um, Broken cisterns, that's not something we use in our vocabulary. Uh, So we're going to begin with some definitions. First, we're going to go over living waters, which we have heard that phrase so many times. It's scattered across the Bible. Um, But in essence, it could be the Holy Ghost. Uh, We hear, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living waters. It's alive. It's not stagnant. It could be considered the breath of God. It's a source of wisdom, strength, holiness, and righteousness. So we contrast that with cisterns. And I have a couple pictures pulling up here. I thought that would be helpful. But basically, a cistern is a receptacle for water that is either conducted from an external spring or proceeding from rainfall. So I have some pictures here. Um, You can kind of see it, but it's basically, it can be considered a well or a container um, that is supposed to hold water. And obviously a broken cistern is something 
that is not able to perform the task for which it has been created. So today I'm going to actually paint with a broad paintbrush. Um, so there's going to be several elements going on, but hopefully you'll get somewhat of a picture at the end of what it's all supposed to mean. So from the text we read today, I think it is safe to assume that there is a situation of cause and effect at play. We see that something changed when someone was forgotten and replaced by another actor. In other words, the Israelites had changed the glory of God by forgetting God or the living waters in order to build their own cisterns or ideas and means of glory. So you may ask, why does this apply to me in 2017? We don't have cisterns. Like, I don't understand. So to apply it to our reality, we as a generation, like the Israelites, are also being tempted to exchange the glory of God and the fountain of living waters for another kind of glory that is obtained with something resembling a broken cistern. So the broken cisterns of our time may resemble the allurement of the charismatic world, a stage with lights, popularity, our social networking identity, the relaxing of standards, and perhaps it's simply just busyness. Now, this can be very dangerous because it is so deceiving, busyness is. Um, I've been guilty of it. But sometimes we can get so caught up in the work of God that we are willing to sacrifice and forget our relationship with him. So forgetfulness was the stumbling block for Israel. So if we continue to verse 32 of Jeremiah chapter 2, we read, Can a maid forget her ornaments or a bride her attire? Yet my people have forgotten me days without number. It was because of their forgetfulness that the Israelites lost their connection with the living water and ultimately exchanged God's glory for that of the temporal glory of man. You see, if we want to stay in this truth, we must realize that in the end, it is only about his glory and whether or not we can say we know him and have a relationship with him. And this relationship any relationship can only be cultivated if time is spent with them and you build that trust. So if we remain connected to the source of living waters, then we won't ever have to search for the glory of man. Our connection to the living water source can only come through reading his word, prayer, fasting, and total commitment to truth. I know you have heard this many times before, but sometimes we forget, and I'm speaking to myself today, that just the simple things that allow us to remain connected and keep us from going spiritually dry and of little use to the dying and hurting world around us. So I'm going to take a little um, caveat and head to the woman at the well. Uh, this story is my favorite story, I think, in the Bible. I have a couple of other really favorite ones, but... I love the woman at the well. And actually, Sister Mass, I'm so glad you're here today because this story opened up in the Gospel of John. I don't know how many of you are in that class. If you can raise your hands if you're all in that class, the Gospel of John. Okay, it's a fantastic class. Um, so I'm just going to jump over to John chapter 4. I don't think I even have this in my notes. but um, So here we have this woman at the well. And a lot of times I think we kind of, uh, like, I can get kind of judgmental for husbands and just just rough life and um so um in all reality though some of that probably wasn't of her own accord um 
because of the day and age that it was. So it's just fascinating how Jesus actually takes a different route and says, no, I need to go to Samaria because he knew he was going to meet this woman on the way. And so they end up meeting. She's a little bit uh, skeptical of him, which is totally understandable. Um, And so he asks for a drink, and she says, well, why are you asking me? I'm a Samaritan. You're a Jew. You're a man. I'm a lady. Um, It's an issue. Um, So er, Jesus answered and said unto her, if thou knewest the gift of God and who it is that saith to thee, give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. And so she goes down and asks a couple more questions, and then Jesus answered and said unto her in verse 13 and 14, whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. What is extremely interesting about this story is that it could actually be a little bit deeper metaphorically, and I don't know if it's completely biblically accurate, but we did discuss it in Gospel of John. So um, the well is actually, it was an ancient well by Jacob, and it could be said that it was like fed by a living spring. And so while Jesus is talking to this lady about living water, which in essence is the Holy Spirit, this well that they're at is actually being fed by a live spring. And so the metaphorical idea of like the spirit of God is just amazing. And so he's speaking of this living water. So um, the importance of just staying connected to that. And so now I'm going to like jump into a little bit different element here. So we've touched We've touched on the topic of glory, um, and it says in verse 11, back in Jeremiah chapter 2, Hath a nation changed their gods, which are yet no gods? But my people have changed their glory for that which doth not profit. So um, in order to help answer the question of how glory fits into this equation, um, I'm going to give you some synonyms for glory. So those are abundance, honor, dignity, Splendor, brightness, majesty, and the list could go on and on. So now I'm going to paint a picture that would seem to stand in stark contrast to the definition of glory. So nearly 2,000 years ago, a day of contrast unfolded. A creator was slowly being destroyed by his creation. The king was taking the place of a common criminal. His royal apparel had been stripped Replaced by little. The hands that should have held a royal scepter and signet ring held instead two cruel nails. The feet that should have been resting on the earth as a footstool had been secured to a splintered Roman cross. The lungs that were capable of the breath of life now fought for suffocating air. The head that should have worn a crown fit for the king of kings was pierced and wounded by a crown of Instead of royalty, two thieves accompanied him. Rather than praise and adoration, this king saw hatred and mockery in the eyes of those around him. The stripes upon his back, coupled with the weight of the sin of all humanity, increased the agony of his soul. Now this does not seem to reflect a picture of glory. Of all the places to look, the last place we would search for glory would be at the foot of a cross. But if we truly understand the concept of glory, however, it is here at the cross that this glory begins. 
So I'm reminded of a song entitled, In Christ Alone. I'm going to read some of the lyrics. In Christ alone, I place my trust. I find my glory in the power of the cross. In every victory, let it be said of me, my source of strength, my source of hope is Christ alone. So sometimes I've actually um, been worshiping in chapel, and you think of the glory on the cross, which wasn't very glorious. I mean, Jesus was humanity. He was fully God, but he was also fully man, and it wasn't pretty. If you've done a little bit of research on the death of crucifixion, it wasn't actually meant to kill you, um, but it's, it's incredible. It's terrible. And so sometimes it's like, how did like, the man of God, how was he able to just bear that? Because it wasn't glorious. And so sometimes I see all of us, and I was noticing it today, and JC, thank you so much that worship set. It was beautiful. Um, But when we were singing, be exalted. Like, sometimes I wonder when I'm in chapel praising God, if Jesus was looking to that future glory when he'd have young people like us worshiping him and having that call of God in his life. Because it wasn't pretty on the cross. It wasn't glorious. And so it was for the eternal glory that Jesus was willing to pay the ultimate He died and rose again so that we could also share in this glory through redemption. This redemption can only come from that source of living water. And as I come to a close, I just want to remind you that if we stay connected to the source of living water and do not settle for a broken system, then we will see the glory of God. Finally, staying connected to the living water requires us to read his word, pray, humble ourselves, and seek his face. 2 Corinthians 4, 16-17 reads, For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. So in order to experience that eternal glory, we're going to have to cherish the old rugged cross. Till our trophies at last we lay down, We'll have to cling to that old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a crown. Thank you. Man, can we bow our heads and receive that word right now? Lord Jesus, we don't want to forget what you've done for us, God, and the power that it has to work in our lives. Lord, I pray that you touch each and every one of our hearts right now and help us to remember to stay connected to that living water, God. Any other source of sustenance is going to leave us thirsting again, but Lord, your spirit, that's what sustains.